0: All right, I'm going to run the ads and we'll get rolling.
1: There's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people.
2: So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success.
1: It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far, this is my favorite.
0: I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMN. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs.
1: There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items but most of the people you talk to they say we really come for the networking.
0: It's a great joy to be here. In fact it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music and Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us and before you know it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you, and that sprungboard a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good, and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something, but
1: they show us too, so that's, uh, that's amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events.
0: I always love coming here and being here because it's uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church, so it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend, Anna Desantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's wonderful to be with you. As always, uh, it's hard to believe we are in uh, smack dab in the middle of June now. Uh, this year has been flying right on by. And uh, as always, I am joined by my f- good friend and co-host, Anne desantis Ann, How are you?
1: I'm doing, Bill. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm doing well, Bill. <laughs> i got to get that out correctly. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's great to be here as always.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. About half the year is done now. It's just wild. But uh, we're, uh, we're, hitting, we're just hitting our stride here on Sewing Hope for the Year, of course. And I know we have a great guest with us today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about her?
1: Yes, we have a, a great guest, and she's also become a friend, I am to say. She is a Catholic author of the book called Simple Mercies. It's How the Works of Mercy Bring Peace and Fulfillment. Her name is Laura C. Patanjan, and I just want to read her bio and a little bit about the book. Uh, about the author is that she earned her undergraduate degree in public relations from the University of Florida. She's written for a variety of news publications and Catholic blogs. Previously, she worked in fundraising for various nonprofits, including a domestic violence shelter and AIDS service organization and Children's Hospital of New Orleans. She lives in Jacksonville, Florida, with her husband and their two sons, and a little bit about the book is that and, that, and this is related to Laura, that with her accessible everyday approach to life, writer, mom, and volunteer, Laura C. Patanjan helps us realize that our everyday compassion makes a difference in exponential ways That and that mercy always matters. Practicing mercy isn't a passive way of renewal. Rather, engaging in transformative acts of service empowers us to fulfill our purpose to love and serve God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I just love it. Welcome Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Anne, I'm so
2: happy to be here and congratulations on your new book as well. Um I love that um it's I know it's something care for the marginalized and it's a, a devotional or whatever, but I love that I love how much it ties into to my book or my topic about mercy. And so um I I think that that um that it's not a chance that we met, you know, I felt like it was kind of by design.
1: Oh, absolutely. I do too. And, and of course, when I see your book and I'm holding it in my hand and people who are on the audio podcast, can't see me holding simple mercies, but it's a, a favorite book and, and you're a great writer and you experienced the love of God in a way that God came to your heart about bringing mercy to other people. And you devoted some time to doing that and you learned so much. And I think that's what the book is all about. Right. Absolutely. I, um,
2: it, it really all began for me. um, You know, I was approaching a milestone birthday. It was going to be my 40th birthday. And I, I thought of all of the different ways that I could, uh, it. And, you know, you think of having a party or buying something or a trip and, and none of these things appealed to me. And, and so what I ended up with was a year of, of doing works of mercy in my community. And, um, and I really, you know, that to me was a very Holy spirit inspired, um, idea because it, it was very outside of, my, what was my normal day-to-day life. Um, and I did, I learned so much about mercy that year, just giving it and receiving it. And it really, um, taught me how, how little I had understood mercy before I went and and did those acts. And then, um, it wasn't until then that I think I realized that it's not just, you know, the poor and the marginalized that need mercy. It's, Mm. it's all of us, you know, we're all desperate for, for that. And, um, and it's available to us all. And so often we encounter it as a part of our daily life and we give it as a part of our daily life. And, and often we don't even recognize how this is true. And yet by recognizing it, I think we have so much more peace in our lives, you know, to think about, um, just the, as a way to connect to God, you know, when you think about doing things um, especially hard or mundane things, when you think of doing them for God, it means so much more than, you know, than sometimes it does for the people that are, that we're closest to, that we do things for all the time that we're, you know, we're sick of, they're on our nerves. (laughs) It's, It's easier, you know, to, to really realize, like, hey, I'm doing this as a way to live my faith, as a way to practice my faith, and um, and I think that's really important and can and can really change our whole perspective on service.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, I I am so impressed, uh, especially by what you said about celebrating your you know milestone birthday, of 40 years. That's that's incredible. I, I can't think of anybody. Who has celebrated their birthday by doing year and year of of active service? (laughs) I you know and that is so incredible. Um, And I and and I think it's really inspirational for our listeners to hear that because uh, how often do we just get a cake or take a trip or do something? um, You know, have a big party with our family and friends. But here um, to celebrate our life, we're going to give that life back to other people. We're going to serve others. And we're going to show acts of mercy to people who are in need. Um, and wow, uh, that is just—I mm-hmm. I am blown away. That is so—that is so impressive. That—that um, that would even, you know, come into your mind and, and have that thought. You know, that everything else just kind of seems eh, blah. I—I I don't want to go on a cruise. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. <laughs> wow, um, just blown away. That's incredible. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you know, I don't want to. Um Part of the reason that I, and I really do feel like it was a Holy Spirit inspired thing, because I, I wanted those things to appeal to me, to me, Bill, I wanted to, um, that's what I knew, I'm of the world, you know, and that's what I knew. And, and it, but I think it was really a reflection of the hollowness that had been growing in my life. And, um, and just the emptiness that I was encountering with with achievement, you know, I feel like we live in this world that is so, um, achievement oriented and it wants us to be more and do more and have more. And it's all about the climb, you know, and, and we get to these places and, and, and sometimes we're like, wow, I hit my goal, you know, and, and then we're surprised with this, you know, that we still have this emptiness. And I think, um, you know, the, beautiful things about a thing about service and works of mercy is that we were created to love and serve. And so I think it's natural and fitting that it fills us this way, you know, where, where things of the world just don't. And, you know, I don't, I didn't realize that then, but I do like looking back, think that that's what was happening was I just had this like hollowness where none of it I wanted more in a spiritual way, not in a, not in a material way. You know, I wanted, I wanted purpose. You know, I think that especially as we age um, and now I'm approaching 50, you know, um, it, it, I think purpose becomes more and more important to us. What matters? What doesn't matter? You know, anytime there's a big event in our lives or, or unfortunately, like a death in our lives or some tragedy we see on the news. It it really, you know, I think the the benefit or the beauty that we can find in that is that it it grounds us back to who am I? Who do I want to be? I've got this one precious life. How do I wanna live it? You know? And um I I think that the, those are really important questions to ask ourselves and I the world keeps us so busy that um that we're distracted I think from those kinds of qu- questions mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I agree with you and um and and I also commend you because it is amazing that what Bill said I mean that at 40 you said hmm I don't think I want that party I don't think <laughs> I want that cruise I don't think I want that trip to the Bahamas you know so I, yeah. I think that's amazing, and. um you know, I also have to say that, um, you know, sometimes when people experience some kind of really bad thing in their life, whether it be, you know, a sickness, a death in the family, some kind of alienation from other people, then you, you it's almost like you have a choice. You can either sulk about it, you can become negative with everybody else, or you can turn around and say, you know what, I want to do something for others to to make, not to make live out God's will, but also to help to make this world just a little bit of a better place. And I said to Bill on a podcast that we did yesterday that, you know, the world is never going to be perfect right now because Christ isn't here, right? There's going to be sin. There's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be all of that. So we're never going to really alleviate that completely. Right. But I think it's an amazing thing that uh, you know, you talked about something like achievements and that sometimes when people get to that point where it's like they've climbed up a ladder of some, some kind of a success, but they're still empty. Because I look at it at this, there's, there's almost two roads. There's some people that for whatever reason, for the most part, they have been able to do life pretty good, meaning that they They have gotten the love and support in some ways, not always all, the love and support that they deserve. And they were able to do those things and climb up those ladders and things like that. But when it comes to mercy, what I've experienced is also that reaching those people are those who haven't gotten the love and support that they deserve for whatever reason. And there are so many. There's so many people that they didn't, maybe they didn't grow up in the kind of families where they got some kind of like support or they're in poor marriages or don't have friends, you know, or community to support them. Right. And and I, I don't know if you came across this, but I do think that those people are everywhere. I mean, absolutely. And even in honestly, I don't know if you would agree with this. I think they're even in Catholic ministry. Oh, absolutely. I I think that it's even in Catholic ministry. So
2: no, I mean, I think, um, you know, that again, for me, I, I approached this year as a, you know, mercy is for those of us who are blessed to go out and do for others. And by the end of the year, I realized how hungry and how desperate I was for mercy Mm. in my own life, you know, and there was so much healing that needed to take place. Um, that, that really kind of happened after that year for me, Mm. where, um, and what it, I think the most fundamental thing that that as an individual that I got out of it um, was a deeper understanding of mercy, and it changed my relationship with God because before I understood it, I it was kind of like you know God loves you, but you don't really n- know it in your DNA. You know what I mean? You don't really feel it you're you're kind of like well i guess he does cuz he's god and he has to love everybody so i guess i get thrown in you know <laughs> but to to feel like he can love me as an individual um that became real to me you know mm. because it i think i saw myself as so flawed and broken that um that i just couldn't grasp how how i i could mean anything to him, you know, but Mm. through mercy, um, you know, it's just a different lens that we see. And, um, and I was able to, to know God on a deeper and more intimate level through his mercy. So it's, you know, mercy is very important to me. I mean, I just, I, I love this. I think it's such a, Mm. a universal need that we all have, you know, even people who don't have faith, um you know i imagine they're de- they're particularly desperate for mercy in their lives and um i i do think that we all we all have that longing and you know and there's this assumption because you know we all we all believe in equality you know that's one of our american values um it's one of our christian values but but the reality is we are not all created equal and we do not all have the same experiences and our experiences um, are different. And I often think about, you know, my own life. And I think, well, I didn't necessarily get what I needed from the people who were supposed to give it to me. But in most cases, I was fortunate enough that somebody else stepped in and, and gave it to me. And I think you know, I look at that as mercy, and mm-hmm. what a what a difference that that made in my life. You know, um, you know, from keeping me from going in a totally different direction, and and so I think it's it's why it's so important. I think for us all to be generous with our mercy, and and I think you know is as um, self centered as we can all be in some ways, I think we don't value our significance enough. You know, we don't realize the impact that we can have on our neighbor and how powerful that can be. And, and I think I definitely felt that way. You know, you think that you have to do something drastic to serve your neighbor and, you know, you need to join the Peace Corps, move to India and mm. and there's just so many opportunities right here and, and right now in our mm. in our daily lives to, to give and receive mercy.
1: Mm. Great job, honestly. I mean, you, you did an amazing job with the book now. I want to tell people where they can buy it. It's from OSV, which is our Sunday visitor. And if you go to their website, obviously you can see that book. So uh, and, it, I, and they're, really they're
2: um, you can download a free chapter on their book on their um website of the book too oh, right, right now. I think they have Comfort the Sorrowful as the chapter that you can that you can download so you can have a free read and see if you if you like it. And then on my website, which is you know, LauraPatanga.com, I have um, a free study guide. For the book that if you do purchase it, you can you can use the study guide with your friends or Bible study groups or what or just on your own to um to go a little deeper into the book.
1: I have to say, I think that this book is a great book for studies, for church studies. So if somebody's listening and you work at a church or you're in ministry, I mean it's an amazing book because every chapter, like I'm looking at it right now, you have visit the sick, you have um visit prisoners, bury the dead, admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant. I mean, you have all of those spiritual works of mercy. And, and also you have the corporal works of mercy, too, giving drink to the thirsty and clothing the naked and sheltering the homeless. So, I mean, you did an amazing job. And I love the book. I'm, I'm glad that and I'm thankful to you that I have the book and and enjoying it so it's helping me because like you mentioned at the beginning that i wrote a book a short book on meditate meditations called love and care for the marginalized and so i see a big correlation there with your what you've done and then and a little bit about what what i've done too because um i just think and, and i think you probably would agree that there's a lot of people who are uh in need of God's mercy that are all around us and there, we don't have to go too far. Like you no, said. No,
2: absolutely not. And, um, and what's so great about your book is that it's a, it's a devotional. So I think I like that because I like the whole, uh, if you pray it in the morning, you know what I mean? It kind of keeps you focused. It's like that good, it's that good reminder that, that we all need, you know, we all need to start our day in prayer because it really helps, I think, center us as we go out and experience, you know, the secular messages of the world. And, you know, and it kind of, it's like putting on armor, you know, for the day. And I think that's so, so important.
1: Mm. So can you talk to us about what you learned during that year? Because I'm sure that you met so many people and you were able to pray for so many different situations. Um, Please tell us because that's a lesson for all of us to be better people.
2: Um, well, one of the, I think one of the biggest things I learned is just, is the importance of just being open, open to, open and willing to serve as it comes along. You know, when I started this project, I had all of these lists of different nonprofits that I was going to volunteer for, you know, and I tried to line him up with the works of mercy. And, you know, it's like, you try to be real organized and, and, you know, you have your plan and then God comes along with his plan and he just knocks his, knocks it all out. And, and one of the first works of mercy I did was, uh, was bury the dead. And what happened was I, I read in the newspaper about um, some Burmese refugees who had been in a car accident and two of the, the men in the car had died. And I knew that we had a large Burmese population, um, of refugees at my church. So I reached out to someone who worked with them and I said, I don't know if you know this family, but, um, if you do, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, please let me know. And, um, and so she put me in touch with someone else and and i'll never forget because it was such a powerful question to me but the woman said um who knew the family she said well what can you do you know and it's it's kind of humbling because you think well what can i do you know i'm just i'm just this ordinary person and um you know i don't know and so i just i said well i said i can cook even though I hate to cook, please don't ask me to cook. But, um, but I was like, I can cook, I can watch children, you know, um, whatever you need. And, and she said, well, can you plan the funeral? And I mean, I had never planned a funeral before, but I said yes. And, um, and my husband and I went over and we met with the family at their apartment. And, um, and that was, again, very humbling because they had just lost their father. And um, one of the kids didn't even know yet. It was, it was very sad. And then the next day I went with them to the, to the funeral home and help plan the services. And I mean, I can't tell you how many obstacles there were because they, their English was um, very limited. And we had somebody with us that, uh, that was, there to translate, but they spoke a different dialect and there was just questions about or confusion about whether they wanted the body cremated or not and, um, how it was going to be paid for. And, but we just muddled through little by little and, you know, but that was a great lesson to me because it's like, you can do more than you think you can do. We all can. And, and it's just really, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to know what you're doing. You can make mistakes. You can, um, you can say you don't know. It's okay. I think it's, I think so much of service is just showing up for somebody else, you know, just, just being there. I'm going to walk you through this. I don't know what I'm doing either, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to represent and, and you just, you know, you can just be here and because I know you're, you're holding on by a thread. And, um, and so that was a, Mm. and again, that was not a, you know, through a nonprofit or anything else. It was just something that had, had come across, you know, my life. And because I was doing this project, I was like, well, you know, we, I know Burmese refugees, maybe I can help, you know? And so it, I would say really just one of the important things that I learned is just to have an openness and and willingness to serve. And I think part of that too, um, that kind of goes back to, to the beginning of this is I, you know, I really felt like I, I am not a theologian, I am not a scholar, I, I couldn't have even told you what all 14 of the works of mercy were when I started, when I decided I was going to do this. And I think it's really, I just felt very empowered thinking that if I could do it, anybody could do it. And mm. so that's something else that I think is really, you know, I would really want people to know or encourage people that, um, there is nothing special about me the only thing special about me is my utter ordinariness and if you can relate to that then know that you can do these things too and and i somehow felt very empowered by that very like you know that's my degree my degree is in not knowing and i'm going to do it anyway and we're called to do it so you know just just answer the call and and god will will equip you
0: yeah, you know, I, I am so impressed by that, and I think um, I, I think our listeners are so blessed by what you're sharing with us, because uh, y- you mentioned earlier that, you know, realizing that you are, you know, ha- have your own flaws, you don't necessarily have it all together, and every aspect of this doesn't have to be lined up to do something and to do it well. And, and I think... That, that is such an encouragement for, for people. You know, our our tagline at Patchwork Heart Ministry is simply sowing hope into broken hearts. And um it's realizing that we we all have, you know, uh deficiencies. We all are not perfect human beings. Uh there, there were only two and one of them was God. So, you know right. um but but the but the beautiful thing about that is that in, especially in your story um, about burying the dead y- you didn't have to have it all together in order to make a meaningful difference in people's lives and and as you said nothing was you know so like you know there, there, there wasn't any major um, you know earth-shattering miracles happening or anything you know supernatural visibly supernatural happening but but something supernatural did happen because because through that ordinariness, as you said, through the ordinariness, something extraordinary did happen. And so mm-hmm. um, I I, I want to echo what you're saying for all of our listeners and, and remind them that where you are planted, you know, if you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit, if you feel, uh, you know, like, like your 40th birthday is something that is just going to be another blah event that's going to uh, come and go, to to say, you know what? No, I'm going to make something of this event in my life. I'm going to make something of who I am by simply being ordinary and doing what I can do and doing it for the Lord. Because I think that's the other aspect, and maybe you can touch on that. Is you know doing these things, you know, to honor God and and certainly to serve um, our our brothers and sisters. That's what the corporal and spiritual works of mercy are all about. It's it's to serve those. Uh, but but it's also to honor God because uh I, in, in Matthew 25 God says you know and to to all the <laughs> to all the sheep who are doing God's really he's going you know, all, all the sheep say to him wait wait, wait a minute w- when did we see you uh you know hungry and thirsty and and, and all these things but but he goes I, I assure you when you did that you did that for me so maybe just touch a little bit on that if you would
2: absolutely and I, I think that's where the the peace from works of mercy can really come in is is when we do them for God, because, you know, he, his greatest commandment was, you know, to love me and to, to love your neighbor. And, um and I think that, you know, loving your neighbor is a way to love God. So, you know, they're, they're one in the same, you know, it's like, you can't have, you can't love God and not love your neighbor. Like they have, they have to, they have to come together. They, they're, it's just, it's one commandment. And, um, and it's the greatest commandment. And again, like I, you know, like I mentioned cooking, you know, I, I'm, I do not love to cook. I'm not good at it. <laughs> People are not happy when I do it. It's like, <laughs> I don't get the validation or the feedback I want. I like to bake. I get, you know, that's a different story. But, and I know that, again, that's such an ordinary thing to say, but but if I cook dinner for my family and I do it knowing that I'm loving and serving God, it means more to me. And I'm I'm not so resentful or angsty about it. I'm not, um, I'm not so concerned with, you know, the feedback I'm going to get from it or, or any of that. It just, it's a, it's a game changer. And, you know, as much as I don't want it to be, it's important that I cook for my family. So, um, so it's like, these things matter, you know, it's, it's important for us to have family dinners and, and to have this, this time together. And, um, and so it's, it's like kind of like through that sacrifice and through that service by doing it, doing it for God, then it, it just, it brings me more peace. It really does. Like I just, um, it's, it's such a beautiful way too. like, I think, you know, especially sometimes when um, it's like, we go to mass, and we leave, and, you know, and we want to be on fire for God, and we want to serve him. And then we get into the nitty gritty of our lives. And, and sometimes that, that experience we have at mass or, or our faith life just seems far away. It doesn't seem, you know, relevant. And I think that the works of mercy, they, they make our service relevant, you know? And so it's just like totally a way to live our faith. And if you really look at the 14 works of mercy, like I'm blown away with how practical they are, you know, it's not, Again, I think so many of us think of service in terms of food, clothing, shelter, and, you know, instructing the uninformed, um, admonishing the sinner, like, um, you know, praying for others, forgiveness Oh my heavens, you know, I mean, all of these things are so important and be patient with those in error. I mean, that's certainly be patient is a work of mercy that all of us can do every day at our jobs, you know, with our children, with the people in traffic, with the people in the grocery store. It, it's like these, you know, I, when I started and I wrote about my experiences and I shared them on a blog and I have a website and, and one of the the things that I knew from the beginning with this was I was like, gosh, my topic that I'm in love with sounds so archaic you know, it's like works of mercy. It's like, what is that? And it's like, oh my, they're so relevant, you know, get to know them, that you're doing them, that you have encounters to do them. And it does fascinate me how encompassing that list is, you know, counsel the doubtful. I don't know if it's, if it's, that's just me, but that's particularly one that I can relate to in my life, you know, things things are very rarely clear to me you know um and i can get lost in the spiral of doubt and and so i think that that and i know a lot of people that i'm friends with seem like like that too you know where you kind of have to you know coach them through it or whatever and just like they do with me through their friendship but um but the relevance of them is is really there if we pay attention to it, and if we really connect it as a way to to worship God without you know, without being on our knees in prayer? It is a a very meaningful way to to live our lives, to make the whole of our lives a prayer.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's beautiful because it was a learning experience for you that you took seriously. And, and you said it, it has brought you some peace too. So that, that's a good thing. And, yeah. you know, peace is, is a really wonderful experience to have with God when you know that you tried your best. Right. And um, I wanted to address something if I could too. And this is something that I addressed even when I was pondering all these things, was when and when bill and I had the podcast recently we did do two podcasts on love of God and love of neighbor now we split them up into two but uh-huh. we know that we were recognizing that it was one great big commandment right but I think too often and I don't know if you've experienced this sometimes when people are very devoted to their faith and I, and I put myself into that category too right yeah. but sometimes we can do a lot of praying for people and for situations, somebody has cancer, somebody lost their job, somebody's having relationship issues, all that praying real hard for this person. But now, and I could be wrong, but some of my experience is you don't see as much of the action. Mm -hmm. Yes, you see a lot of love of God. I see that a lot, a lot of real deep love of God, but not a lot of that other than their own family and friends and people in their church community. Right, you say that they're praying for the person in the church group that has a broken leg, or you know somebody in their charismatic prayer group. But you don't see quite as much other than praying for their quote their souls to you know come around to their faith. You see that, but you don't see as much of the outreach for someone who has been through. And as I'm going to repeat it again, doesn't have the love and support they deserve. Now I'm not talking about God. Right. Talking about love and support that they deserve from people.
2: Right. right?
1: And, and see, I think that's where it really, where the rubber meets the road is when they don't have the love and support from people. Right. You know, and for you, for me, um, my experience too, like you were talking about not understanding how much God loves us. And, and my own experience of faith was that I never had a problem with that aspect but it was the people aspect I had more of a problem with. I don't, know if, I don't know if anybody else has said that to you, but it's not so much not understanding how much God loved me. I had no problem with that. I knew that, but not having that love and support that sometimes people deserve from others. Right. And we can't right. control that part. Right. So I think that what we can be for people to bridge that gap, like what you're doing is exactly what you're doing is, is providing that love and support Right. That's how they feel God's love for them when you yeah. do it.
2: Right. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to
1: see if you, if you've ever heard any of these concepts or if you had any comments on them. Well, it's
2: funny because that, you, you know, when I started doing the works of mercy, um, you know, I started, I was so excited. I was, I was so naive. I look back at me and I just think, Oh, bless your heart, honey. <laughs> you had no idea what you were going to get to. But, I was, you know, after a few of, a few of these encounters, I thought, this is sad. You know, this is this is really heavy. This stuff at these works of mercy, you know, is service isn't easy. You know, it's um, it's not easy to sit with somebody in their pain and um, and in their suffering and to be a part of that and. But again, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to do, but I definitely, I think got a little lost during that year, especially in, in the beginning with, um, with feeling like I wanted to, I wanted my service to matter more. You know, I wanted that it's that whole more word that just keeps coming up, you know, but it's, um, But, you know, like I would serve food at the soup kitchen and I would go home and I would think, well, that was good, but there were still hungry people. And what about that little, that little one-year-old baby who's, you know, was with her daddy? Like, like what kind of life is she going to have? And, and all of those things, they really, um, they really bothered me. And, and it's, I think it was hard to reconcile human suffering with God's mercy, you know, why, you know, even though things in my life haven't been perfect, but why is my life so much better than so many of these other peoples? And, um, as, but one of the things that I finally learned from all of that is that God just calls us to serve. He doesn't call us to solve, you know, and I I wasn't there to solve these very complicated social issues and social problems that you know um or their origins and and all of that in because we can get lost in that it can be a big deterrent to be like well i mean i can go do this these things but what does it really matter what kind of difference is it really going to make and i think we have to kind of break mercy down into these smaller parts of um if you could just give someone a moment of merciful relief. That's beautiful. That's huge. If you think about your own life and the mercy that you have received from others, um, when you're having a going through a very difficult time, you know, sometimes a moment is just enough to get you through, so that you can get yourself together um, and begin again. You know, I mean, these moments matter, and I, that's why I think that um, that none of the mercy that we show is ever insignificant. And I, I do think it's exponential. I think it lives, lives on beyond what we ever see. I think it spreads. I mean, I hear about good deeds that other people do and it inspires me, you know, and sometimes I share those with others and it just, I think goodness has this amazing life force to, to, to live on. And, um, and to kind of get back to your question some, I, I think, you know Catholics have historically had such an um, an amazing reputation um and a well-earned reputation for service you know we were educators mm-hmm. and um medical professionals and we we served we we were in the soup kitchens and we were doing all of these things and and that's one of the things that I love so much about our faith is um is that commitment to service and I do think that Um, that I would like to see us get a little bit more in touch with that again, you know, to, to do more, like you said, reaching out beyond our parishes and, um, and raising money even for things that are beyond our parishes. I mean, I know it's nice to have beautiful places to worship or, you know, gyms for our kids or, you know, schools, all my kids went through Catholic school, um, but I think it's also important to serve the, the help meet the basic needs of the people in our community. And, um, and I really hope that, that this book would inspire people to do that, to, you know, that I think there's two different kinds of service. I think there's the, the service that we do that is organic, that just comes across our daily life that we can do and that we need to be open to and willing to step up because I feel like God puts those opportunities there for us. And then I think there's also the service that, um, you know, depending on the season of our life, that we can go out and do in our community for others. And again, I can't think of a better way to represent the Catholic faith, a better way to do outreach, a better way to evangelize than through service. You know, people, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, Christians have become the enemy and the, um, and where we have, people have some very negative connotations of what it means to be Christian or to be Catholic. And it is such a shame because there's so many good people and the faith that are, that are living the faith. And I think if we, you know, who can argue with service? I mean, how can you say anything bad about me if I'm out there serving in my community? I mean, I just, it's just impossible to me. You know, you can't, you can't be ugly about that. There's, there's no, um, it's all goodness. It's, it's just, it's such a good representation of love.
0: Yeah and yeah you're you're you know you're so spot on and especially when you think about the different transcendentals you know truth goodness and beauty right those those things that are access points to god and goodness is one of the things that can never be argued with right like right. Like, like it just can't be argued with and and if you are doing good out there in the world if you are serving and that's really what you know goodness is right like when we think about goodness in the world um, you know, we think of maybe the end of a wonderful life, right? Or you know, things like <laughs> things like that. But like that's that's you know that a- those acts of service, those acts of um, you know pure love, that that can you know cannot be argued with. Um, it, it, it's impossible. Uh, for for somebody, as you said, to speak badly of you, or you know, say that Christianity or Catholicism is is horrible. It's a bad denomination. These are bad people. When you're out there doing good, and it's and and it's objective good. Like like the 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 beautiful thing about the works of mercy is that they are uh, objectively good. It's not it's not subjective. Like you know we. It, it is basic to every human being that they need to be fed, that they need to be clothed, that they need to have, uh, you know, uh, peace in their life. Like, like all of these things are, are just innately ingrained into our souls because we're created by God. And so when, when you are serving those, those core needs, showing mercy to people who do not have those um, needs being met currently in their life, there's not a person on the planet that can say, oh, that's, that person's no good. And, and I think that the other thing you pointed out in there about the, the results, they're all, you know, needing to have results constantly, um, you know, that, that we are just meant to serve, not solve the problems. You know, like, like if we're meeting those core needs, if we're giving people food, uh, you know, and, and I love the the Our Father, and I, and I often reflect on, give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say, give us this day our bread for the next 365 days. He says, you know, give us today's bread and today's bread only, right? And And so if we are doing that and trusting that God is going to then provide the bread for the next day for that person, we know... That um, we are we are doing His will in that moment, and so that's so beautiful. Uh, and and I just think your uh, mission and, and and what you have uh, uncovered for um, for us in your book uh, and and for our listeners today is just fantastic. So I, I want to thank you for uh, your passionate uh, service to the Lord because it's it's awesome, Laura. Thank you.
2: Well, I love the whole thing about the Our Father. I've never thought of it like that, and that's. Um... I, I I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's such a I'm one of those people who, you know, always worried about the future or what do I, you know it, it's it's that present moment is is difficult um for me and I love I love thinking about that you're right you know our daily bread and and to also think about it being um enough for someone else you know that that, that the person that you fed today that, um, to trust, to trust in God, you know, it's like the scripture that, and I don't, I can't quote it, but about, you know, the birds having enough, um, that God makes sure the birds have enough. Like, why wouldn't he, he make sure that we have enough when we're so much more important to him. And, um, and so I, you know, that, that's a, a beautiful way to, to visualize it for me, because like I said, I, I did get kind of you know, down during that year with, the with, um, you know, I think part of it was just seeing so much suffering and just really being so hungry to make a difference. You know, I wanted, um, I, I just, I, I, and this is again, where the, the personal part of it comes in, but um, I wanted to matter. I wanted to do something that mattered and, and, I still had that secular mentality that I had been, um, you know, exposed to my whole life that you have to do something big for it to matter. And now I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. do something small and it can matter so much. And, and, and through God, it's amazing. It's like small things become big, you know, and I love that. I love the transformational nature of God to be able to, to take small acts and make them big, you know, through other people, through through just the love that we have behind it.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. I want to thank both of you for your reflections, Bill. The our Father, I never heard that, so thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and I want to just address a couple things. The mercy moments, love that. Uh, Not looking for results. I mean, that's a big part of what I believe and what I've learned too from my own research on this. Right. Yeah. Living it out. And um, I just want to read, if I could, a couple more paragraphs from the back of the book. I have to recommend this book again for people listening. It's Simple Mercies by Laura Patanjan, How the Works of Mercy Bring Peace and Fulfillment by our Sunday visitor, OSV. Make sure that you go to their website to buy it. You can go to Amazon too, Simple Mercies. And even after achieving our most lofty goals, sometimes we are left confused By the emptiness we feel we check the boxes we fill our calendars we get the promotion we buy the bigger house yet there's still an unquenchable longing deep within us simple mercies how the works of mercy bring peace and fulfillment offers an alternative you can be the person god created you to be by loving and serving others through the works of mercy by doing so we are assured the peace and fulfillment that doesn't come from the world but from love of god and neighbor so Please do get this book on Amazon, check it out, connect with Laura. Uh you know, I get a lot of people who ask me to do book reviews. I get I'm going to be honest, I get about 10 a month. Wow. I get I get about 10 books in the mail a month or emailed to me. And this honestly, this is one of my favorites.
2: Oh, thank you, you so much, Anne. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you do and you do a great job also I have to say with getting the word out about your book too because people need to find out about it. So yeah. I like the, the way that you communicate with your, your team to, to uh, help for us to be able to help you to get the, the word out about this book. So thank, thank you, you so much. Me.
0: Yeah. And, and Laura, just tell us real quick again, how people can get in touch with you too. Uh, you know, if, if that's something that you would like uh, people to get in touch with you. And, oh, absolutely.
2: And I write every week on my blog. And lately I've been sharing um, other works of mercy that other people have done. And I love re- I love it when people mm-hmm. send them to me because they're so inspiring. Um, and I share those with people on my blog, so they're great little stories. But um, my website is lara patangan l a r a p a t a n g um, a n dot com lara patangan um, I think it's also under Mercy Matters, if you which was it would be much easier to Google. <laughs> so, um, but yes, please visit the website and, and sign up. Awesome. I would love that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and thank you, Laura. I know that you're always welcome here to, to talk with us. You've given us yes, so much please. hope. <laughs> please. Mm-hmm. please um, great. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Uh, and folks uh, know that we'll put all of the links and whatnot in the show notes uh, on the audio version. So uh, if uh, you, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you head over and get the links um and just click them uh, for all the different websites and the book. But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Renata's Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network, thank you so very much for tuning in today. We'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, Visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andysantis 2